as we hear our scripture lesson this morning, it is important to know that we are nearing the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus has ridden into Jerusalem on that donkey. He has gone to the temple and thrown over the tables of those selling doves and things in the temple. And he has been attacking the religious leaders in his telling of parables. And now we come to a confrontation. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperors. Then Jesus said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperors, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, you challenge us and call us to the wonderful privilege of serving you. As we hear your word this day, help us to hear the word that each of us needs that we may truly know the joy of serving your kingdom. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I don't remember what my topic was. It could have been prayer in public school or the ethics of stem cell research. But what I do remember from my media training for clergy was how important it was to get the message across. And so we developed our core message and all of the ways to lead back into our core message. It didn't always matter whether or not we actually answered the question we were asked as long as we got it back to our core message. Does this sound familiar? 
and we watch the debates, we can see how very skilled our candidates are at not answering questions. They are asked about illegal drug use. They talk about education reform. They are asked about education reform. They talk about immigration policy. They ask whether or not they actually voted on a particular piece of legislation, and they may or may not recall. And it leaves us shaking our heads, saying, can't you just answer the question? Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give to God the things that are God's. Jesus sounds a little bit like a politician. He is in this debate with the Pharisees, with the keepers of the law who are hostile towards him. And this question about paying taxes is confrontational. We've already been told that they want to trap him. It is a provocative religious issue, the question about taxes. For taxes, the poll tax had to be paid in Roman coinage, which was idolatrous to the Jewish people because, of course, it was an idol of Caesar, who proclaimed himself to be the son of God. It's also a dangerous political issue because, of course, Rome occupied Israel. And that tax paid for the soldiers and the weapons and the buildings and the people who oppressed the Jewish people. It was also a political act by the Pharisees in the sense that it would be very politically expedient for the Pharisees to simply have Jesus indict himself. If Jesus answers no, it is not legal to pay taxes to the emperor, they can have him arrested right then and there. If Jesus says, yes, pay your taxes, he will be seen as a collaborator with the empire and his own supporters will turn against him. Either way, the Pharisees have decided to kill him. So, Yes or no, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to the empire? Of course, Jesus says, bring me a coin whose head is on this. Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. What kind of an answer is that? Sometimes this passage has been interpreted as a call Jesus' call for the separation of church and state, or faith and politics. That God, or faith, is one part of our lives, and it is private and personal and needs to have its own realm in our lives. Faith addresses matters of the spirit in prayer and worship. It sustains our hope and our strength. And it is separate and has a separate part of our lives about the politics. The political matters are matters of economy and immigration and taxes and votes. The religious have its place. 
and the political have its place. But it doesn't work that way. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. Psalm 24. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. Everyone and everything belongs to God. They are not separate realms. The empire is part of God's larger realm. Our religion, our nation, our state, our politics, our money, our lives, everything belongs to God. Caesar belongs to God. The coin belongs to God. And if everything belongs to God, are we, or are we not supposed to pay taxes? Jesus refuses to give a simple answer. He does evade the question because Jesus knows that there are no simple answers. Yes, in fact, it is legal to pay taxes to Caesar. Do I want to do it? No. Will his followers actually pay their taxes? Yes, because it is worse to have one's entire family thrown in prison or left homeless. We live in a world where our values and our faith collide and conflict all the time. Our values of faith, of compassion and love and justice conflict with all of the injustice. And we are called to overturn that injustice even as we collaborate with it. We're on the inside. Sometimes we're collaborators, sometimes we're resistors. We want compassion in the midst of incivility. We want to practice gratitude and generosity, even as from time to time we get caught up in the more and more and more. We want to practice justice, and yes, we also want to shop. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to give our devotion to God and to God's kingdom, even as we seek to subvert those values of the kingdom that are not values of God. So we pay taxes and support our children's education, and the ambulances that take us to the hospital when we've been in an accident, do, they, do the taxes still support that? No? At least 911, right? 911. We'll go with that. At the same time, our taxes support prisons that house millions of people serving penalties that do not fit their crimes, or wars that we don't believe in, and when Caesar's law conflicts with God's, Jesus sometimes calls us to march in the streets or plant T-shirts in the churchyard or sit at the whites-only lunch counter or refuse to give up our seat or write a letter or buy lunch for the homeless man to mitigate some of the suffering of those who fall through all of the cracks. There's no one right answer. Jesus is breaking the laws all the time. He heals on the Sabbath. 
He touches the sick and violates all those temple purity laws. He forgives sins. And yet, he does not call his followers to resist paying the poll tax. And yet, Jesus publicly mocks Caesar, riding on the donkey and declaring himself the true king. We can become very, very serious in our lives of faith. We can become caught up in every way of how we will live our faith. Maybe we will give up and spend our lives on that which doesn't matter. Or become so serious that our whole lives are an anxious attempt to buy the right thing or make our own clothes as one of my seminary friends claimed that they did. I wondered how she got the soles for her tennis shoes. I never figured that out. There's got to be a playfulness in how we live our lives and in how we give and spend our lives for God. Those protests in Hong Kong had some really creative ways to serve the causes of justice in the midst of oppression. Those peaceful pro-democratic protesters were having difficulty with the police and angry mobs, and somebody set up a makeshift shrine at the barriers. Did you read about this? They made a, a makeshift shrine to the Chinese folk hero, deity Guan, Guan Yu. But nobody wanted to actually offend the deity. And people began to put offerings to the deity, and then they put a house over the shrine, so that now the shrine had a roof, and the angry mobsters and the police didn't want this to happen, and everybody who passed past the barricades to be a part of the peaceful protest had to give an offering to Guan Yu. And if you didn't like Guan Yu, Jesus was over at the other barricades. And when angry mobs started shouting and saying angry things, the people started singing happy birthday, which everyone knew, so that they drowned out the anger. There is a playfulness to how we live our lives, living God's values, even as we seek to subvert the injustices that are part of the systems in which we have no choice but to live. Another playful way that I have heard of taking part in this subversion is the people who give to God just one dollar more than they pay in taxes. Would that not be 
a fabulous privilege to be able to do? I bet there are people in this congregation who do just that. Jesus doesn't give simple answers. He puts it right back out at us. Each of us must work out for ourselves how we will spend our lives. We are stamped with the image of God. We belong to God. We need to be playful in the midst of all of the ambiguity. There are no quick fixes. There are no precise formulas. No easy answers. One size does not fit all. And what a wonderful privilege it is for us to search out how we will participate in the kingdom of God. Jesus is not a politician. He's a teacher. And as good teachers do, they ask us questions. May we spend our whole lives answering the question of how we will worship God. Amen.